Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with you. It is now January 2nd of 2022. We are happy to bring you something really fun, lighthearted to kick off the brand new year. We hope you had an amazing Christmas and whatever holiday you do celebrate as well as a new year celebration with your friends and family or however you did choose to celebrate. But we are back in business, guys. We're really excited today. We're going to do like a little mini continuation of what we ended 2021 with. So if you guys remember, last week we tackled Spider-Man No Way Home. This week what we will be doing is we're going to rank every single Spider-Man movie live action only. So we're moving into the Spider-Verse out of this. This is only the live action movies, which will be the three Tobey Maguire movies, the two Andrew Garfield movies, and the three Tom Holland movies. And we're going to rank them in order from... Uh, 8 to 1. So we're really excited to kind of give that to you here today. One of our nice, lighthearted ranking ones. A fan favorite type episode that we, we do from time to time here. And, you know, this has just been, I think this is just the perfect time to do it, right? This is, we're starting a, into a new year fresh, coming out of a really crazy year in 2021. Uh, we're really hopeful that 2022 has blessings for everyone listening to this today. That being said, I'll turn over to Chase to say a few words, and then we'll jump right into our rankings. Yeah, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, going to be a great year. Um, I mean, it's just amazing that we've come through two years past this pandemic now, trying to, uh, for the better new normal, I guess people say, but we got a lot of great things on the horizon. It's going to be fantastic. This is going to be a really fun episode kicking us off today, and then you know, then we're going to get started into uh, some of the badass uh, big, big franchises that really define us here on Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. So, but with that being said, I'll let Jay Nelly kick us off today. Sounds like a plan. So what we're going to do, if you guys remember our rankings, this is your first time joining us. Well, welcome, first of all, number one and number two, kind of how we do it. We stagger it out. Meaning one of us will start with our like last ranked, and then we'll do the other one. We'll do their last rank. We'll kind of you know stagger it up and go all the way up the ladder to our number one ranked position, and we give like a little bit of a reason why for each one. Nothing too crazy. Maybe one or two bullets on exactly why uh, we put certain films at the places we rank them in eight through one. So that's going to be a little bit about what we do today. So before we go ahead and get started, we'll go and grab our little. Uh, Bottles here, cheers up with a little malice in the chalice, and then we'll dive right in, and I'll have Chase start us off with his number eight movie, and we'll dive right into it. Cheers, brother. Cheers, awesome. Man. Happy New Year. Get it going. Happy New Year. Cheers. Off to the pit of misery with you. <laughs> awesome. Let's, yeah, hope, man. Uh, let's hope 2022 isn't a pit of misery, right? <laughs> oh, dear Lord, please. I think it was 2020. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully not uh, 2022. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, starting off on number eight for me. So we're counting our way up. First of all, I will say, you know, all these movies were, none of them were, like, the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, this was pretty difficult. Like, especially as, you know, we get into our upper rankings, it did get really tough for me to rank these. Uh, but on number eight, I put Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I guess 
positive news is we got some great memes out of it with Bully McGuire. Like, a, I'm going to rub some dirt in your eye. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great on a bright side. I had to rank it last because, one, it was like they filmed the entire film. And then the director, Sam Remy at the very end was... Like, what about Sandman? Then <laughs> one of the producers was like, that's great. Reshoots all around. And then they reshot the entire film. And then I thought it was very strange with the portrayal of Venom. And like you said, Eric, Jay Nelly and I were talking about this earlier today. Eric Foreman was Eddie Brock. <laughs> very interesting cast choice there. Um... And then I, I just didn't really understand, like, in the Venom movies we have nowadays with Tom Hardy, like, it acts more like a flu when he's eating everything, and he, it's a parasite, right? When he had it, it was like he went emo mixed with the, I don't know, like, he was, like, dirty dancing or something. I don't really understand what was going on. I mean, there was that part where he, like, seductively said, give us some shade hot legs or something. I, I thought it was weird. <laughs> like, let's, I'm just going to be honest. This was the only Spider-Man film I thought was just a little... It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it was a solid number eight for me. <laughs> what about you, Jay Nelly? I agree with you 100%. And my number eight movie is Spider-Man Three, of the Toby, <laughs> of the Tobey Maguire trilogy. It was a little uncomfortable, man. Like it was very strange. You <laughs> saw him like doing some random dances, pointing the finger guns, you know, spinning around, <laughs> looking at ladies coming out of the like the shirt shop, like doing the little the Cabbage Patch roll. I don't know what was going on, and you know he was slamming doors on people like getting real attitude-y like he had the eye <laughs> eyeliner on like he was in a pop punk band uh yeah the portrayal of of venom was what really threw me off it was really not like that at all i mean the one part about that is it increases aggression yes but there's a whole process it doesn't just latch onto a host and everything's all willy-nilly a lot of times it kills the host if it's not a perfect match and that just never got brought up at all and and, you know, like we were just talking about with Eric Foreman, apparently it just jumps from, you know, Toby Maguire after he uses the bell to kind of get it off him and then it drops down onto uh, Eddie Brock there. Uh, and he's apparently a great match for Venom, too. I, I don't know, man. It just it just seemed like kind of put together. I hated the fact that Eddie Brock was kind of portrayed as a shitty journalism, like a journalist uh, there, how he had to use like fake photos and stuff. Because remember in the in the current Venom films, he's like very very well mannered. He does everything by the book. Well, not everything. By, I don't want to say by the right. book, but like with good intentions at the very least. Like he wants to get to the truth and the bottom of the stories. And like the fact that he that this Eddie Brock faked a photo of Spider Man, the real Eddie Brock would never do that. So it was like an inaccurate portrayal of who Eddie Brock was. I didn't appreciate that. And like you were talking about with Sandman, they had to ha come up with a whole new story on who shot and killed Uncle Ben. Like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, it was just, <laughs> like, it just changed yeah. everything for no reason just to add, in, like, more villains to it. I don't know, dude. It was it was a mess. Uh, it was a big cluster of nonsense. And you have 
like Toby Maguire hanging upside down, kissing Gwen Stacy in front of Mary Jane, and thinking that that wasn't going to be a problem, and then. Like you talked about that time where he's like, "Give me some shade, hot legs." He goes in there and like brings Gwen <laughs> Stacy in front of Mary Jane while she's singing, trying to just do her job that she gets paid to do, and he's just being a menace. And he picks her up and like dances with her. Like, I don't know, dude. It was just a weird movie overall. I don't think it portrayed Venom accurately. I don't think it portrayed Eddie Brock properly. And I definitely don't love the fact that it just changed who was responsible for Uncle Ben's death after we had two movies to process it. It was just. It was very interesting. Like they're throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what stuck. It was just really uncomfortable. I didn't like the movie really much at all. Like you said, it wasn't <laughs> the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But of all the Spider-Man films, it was, as Chase said in his own words, a solid number eight out of eight. Like, <laughs> that is for sure. So uh, I'll go ahead and turn yeah. it over to you for number seven. Yeah, and I will say this about <laughs> Spider-Man three. It had potential where it could have been a good film. If they had just focused on, like, Harry Osborn, like, that's what they should have done. But they threw all this other shit in it, in my opinion. Number seven, I put Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I mean, I, there's a, I put it, I, I didn't, like, here's the thing, though. Like, when I put it at number seven near Spider-Man 3, I thought it was way better than Spider-Man 3, though. Like I, I didn't necessarily think it was the best, but it's way fucking better than Spider-Man Three. At least the plot fucking made sense. <laughs> First of all, at least they didn't throw all these fucking villains in it. Uh, I gotta give it number seven because it was just a. It was a little bit slower. The Vulture. I thought it was creative the way they did that, uh, tying it back to the first Avengers movie back in 2012, how he got his armor um, and how he made like the vulture look. I thought it was really creative. Uh, I thought it was kind of a little bit cliche that he was like the dad's, the dad of the daughter. He was taking a homecoming. But one thing I did really like about this film to give credit where credit to do on it was I did really like the scene with the boat, how he's like jumping back and forth and putting the webs there. I thought it was really cool. And I did like how it was showing how Iron Man was, Tony Stark was really starting to raise up Tom Holland. I thought it was really good. Um, a lot of people actually miss the fact in Infinity War, or Endgame, sorry, in Endgame when he comes back and hugs Tom Holland, that's actually was a full circle moment to this film because he... Tom Holland thought he was hugging him and he was actually saying, I'm just getting the door. <laughs> I kicked him out the door. So that's what that was. So I got to give credit where credit is due on that. I thought it was much better than Spider-Man 3, but it was just a little bit slower. Um, the DC moment was really cool. Uh, I did enjoy the moment where it really showed Tom embracing, like realizing kind of what it meant to be Spider-Man. I guess you can more argue that's no way home, but you know where he had to realize you know if you're nothing without the suit you shouldn't have it and he, he really went after it on his own so i thought it was good um but in the end it was just a little bit slower than some of the other ones i guess so i mean these are really hard to as far as competitiveness so i put it at number seven what do you think cool i that, that's mine's a little bit different for my number seven, I put The Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
And I, I just thought they tried to do a little bit too much in it, especially at the end with, like, showing us the the potential for all the other villains to be there, but then never following up on it. So it's like he just added that for what reason. Uh, but I, this, is, this is, I think, the issue that a lot of people have with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies is that it's hard to really picture... Andrew Garfield as like the way they portrayed him in here as what a Spider-Man that we would recognize from the comics. Number one, mm-hmm. like he his look is not really a, a Spider-Man look. Like not for nothing. Like there's not much like nerdiness about him. Like, you can't convince me that there's nobody interested in Andrew Garfield as a high school student. That's just not something I would believe. That's like <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. That's number <laughs> that's number one. Number two, he's way too bold. Like Spider-Man is very like, kind of unsure of himself. That's why Tom Holland plays a fantastic Spider-Man. Like you know, he does a make big good mix of everything. Where Andrew Garfield, like he almost seems too confident to be a Spider-Man, uh, especially when he first kisses. Like I know this is talking about like the, the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man, but like just going on over why I think this thing is a little bit interesting is that Spider-Man would never consider his own. Like, that's the whole thing about it. He never considered his own life above, like, what has to be done in the world. Like, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, he just quits for, well, he's like, he's like, nope, I want to, like, I want to pursue, like, Gwen Stacy. Like, that's, that's who I want to be with. Like, that, that's everything. And that's just not a Spider-Man thing. He never goes into his own, like, desires. He was ready to move to London to Oxford with her and he's like oh there's there's crime in London I'll just move there let me screw New York City where my aunt May raised me my whole life when my parents have been gone and dead like oh no just screw that all the hell like no worries at all um you know I, the one thing I, that was redeeming about this film and is that it was cool to see a lead character die and not be able to be saved so when he tried to to catch Gwen Stacy after that famous fall scene and and like the he got her with the net before she hit the ground, but like it broke her spine or whatever. However, it was that she ended up dying. That was pretty like cool, but I don't know. I just thought it was a little cheesy. He kept like hallucinating her dad there to kind of remind him of the promise that he was breaking, and I don't know, man. It just it wasn't it wasn't my favorite one. And then on top of that, you had Electro and like Harry, the Harry that they put in. Like, I did not like the casting for Harry Osborn in the Amazing Spider-Man too. I thought it was a little creepy. It almost reminded me of like one of the the like Dylan or Cole Sprouse from uh, the what's it called, like <laughs> the Sweet know. Life of yeah. Zach and Cody or uh, you know yeah. Riverdale or whatever you want to call it. I just <laughs> I don't know. I just Riverdale. I just didn't really know what to you know expect from that. Uh, the whole plot of them trying to overthrow Oscorp was kind of like uh, shoddy, in my opinion. Like they never would have given him that in the first place. Remember, in the actual Spider-Man's the original one, there they kicked they kicked Norman out as in, even though he was the owner of it as a board member. So like they think they would even allow a possibility of this kid just becoming CEO out of nowhere before like his sickness took over. And then you know even that there was nothing no big explanation of the norman osborne that died in amazing spider-man 2 like he was just there uh, you know he was there dying and the things like oh go in with the lights off your eyes will adjust but it's better that way but he was just there laid up we don't even know what happened to him we just like we're just gonna assume <laughs> that it's the same stuff that happened to the other one that we knew from like the, the original spider-man trilogy with toby so i don't know i i i didn't love the amazing spider-man 2 that much uh, just didn't really 
flow well with what I was looking for in a Spider-Man movie. So my number seven is The Amazing Spider-Man 2, the second Andrew Garfield film. What about your number six? Yeah, number six, I have uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 1. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) Sucks to suck, man. Uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 1. I mean, to give credit where credit is due, it did have really cool moments like when he was shot and he had to web it up and you know the cranes helped him so he swung his way across uh the acrobatics were cinematically beautiful it was absolutely phenomenal uh i just you know and i did like you know i did like his confidence with gwen i thought that was cool i do like the way andrew does his quips like comedic quips because that is a spider-man thing i think he did that better than any other spider-man out there tom holland's very close like tom holland's like you know just like in infinity war where he got hit by that big like alien guy he was like oh like you know just making jokes or like how in amazing spider-man 2 he got out like the fire hose and stuff like that's a very peter parker thing like i thought it was great but I just hated the lizard like i think it's obnoxious like i thought the whole like lizard idea was kind of dumb like i thought the regeneration thing was cool i guess but and i like the scenes in the school like when they were fighting and then he was climbing up the tower and stuff but then again this was really hard to rank but i'm just not a big fan of the lizard like i think Dr. Connor was kind of obnoxious, in my opinion. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that, that's how the cookie crumbles. So uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 at number 6. What about you? Yeah, I, I disagree a lot there. You'll, you'll hear where I put Amazing Spider-Man up in just a little bit. But my number 6 is uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And a lot of it's for the, the reasons that you said too, right? Like we're kind of coming into the halfway point here, right? We're at number five right now. Or I'm sorry, the uh, number six, right? I'm at number six. You're about to be at number five. So we're coming to the things where a lot of the movies are good. And Homecoming had a good plot line to it. But like you mentioned, it was just a bit slower than other Spider-Man films. And when it comes down to it, now, like, we want to see some really cool action. I'm thinking, like, I, think it, I think it did a good job of what the series a good baseline for the series was going for because it did kind of bring along the relationship between Tony and Peter and kind of really get him to understand what it really means to uh, have the suit and really be part of the team and not just, you know, to fly off by the seat of his pants. And, you know, it, it, it really set the tone, which is fine, but the film itself, like it, like, it was a good build, like a good thing to build a foundation on. It was a great foundational film. Only problem was it wasn't that, that, that exciting. Like it, of all the Spider-Man films, it's, it's kind of forgettable, but I, I did. I will give credit where credits due. It did have a great storyline, like you said about Vulture. Was it, I, I agree with you 100% there. Overall, like it was a good film, not bad film, but it just didn't it didn't overly stick out for me to where other ones I have a lot more. Like I can build a lot more evidence on why I put other movies ahead of Spider-Man: Homecoming. So. Yeah, number six in my ranking comes uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and I'll let it pass over to you for number five. Number five. 
The Amazing Spider-Man 2. One of your favorites. <clears throat> I have a little swig here. Yeah, I, this movie is great. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Loved every fucking minute of it, except for the Green Goblin. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, this movie, the reason why I ranked it five, it's cinematically beautiful. That scene where you have it, just like in New York, coming from the guy that's from New York, I thought you would have loved this scene. It's in Times Square. You know they have like where the New Year's ball drops or wherever they were on that little bridge. And he stops everyone with the webs from touching the railings. That was amazing. The way he like dodged the lightning was phenomenal. It, even like on top of the tower, like as he was shooting the webs over at the Green Goblin was absolutely gorgeous. And they took it the extra mile did exactly what the comics did when Gwen was thrown off a building, but, you know, actually let her die. And uh, it's a really an emotional uh, moment for Andrew. Like, you know, that's where you have that famous line, stay with me, stay with me. You know, it's it's really powerful and emotionally and shocking. I, I really hated the goblin. <laughs> You're right. I thought it was very weird. <laughs> I uh, remember where they made that line. He was like joking with their friendship. He was like, my butler works the hair with the hairbrush. It was strange. I think that guy is from that movie. Um, can't remember what it's called. But there was some weird, strange movie back in the day where it's like almost they had Dragon Ball Z powers or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. But yeah. Um, it was very odd. I didn't like the idea like Electro <laughs> like would zap himself through electric sockets. Like I'm so glad they turned him back normal in No Way Home. Like the blue thing was kind of obnoxious and he like used Electro to his advantage to take over Oscorp and then get the serum because the blood of Andrew that he wouldn't give him like he couldn't use it to cure himself so then he used the like serum of the spiders to turn into the goblin so it was very weird um i get they were trying to go like the comic route but there's only so far you can go and that's why the one with toby mcguire you know with william defoe's goblin was so much better because it's so much more realistic on top of that too so yeah, I, I had to put it where it lies. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 over at number 5. What about you? For me, uh, I put The Amazing Spider-Man 1 at number 5. And I I loved the like the diff, the interspecies like the, the whole idea of because it, it, honestly, it kind of takes into what's going on even prevalent now. It's like it's like gene splicing and figuring out like uh, you cross genetics and things of that nature, and you know, helping amputees, and that's why I really like like movies that have a quote-unquote villain that you can kind of identify with. You would understand why Dr. Curtis Connors wants to help these people. He wasn't a bad guy by nature. Unfortunately, like what he ended up doing ended up causing him to kind of go a little crazy. But his initial thoughts like were good they, they they wanted to help people he wanted to cure diseases he wanted to go a step further and uh, just like very similarly to uh, the first spider-man where they didn't give norman the amount of time that he needed to perfect everything 
they kind of did the same thing here with Curtis Connors and said, you know, this is we're ready for human trials. And if you're not ready, you got to pack your shit and go. And like yeah. he kind of got put between a rock and a hard place and you kind of feel for him. Anytime you can kind of have an idea of why a villain would act and think and do the things the villain does, it's a great movie. You know, it's like you, you can identify with it a little bit. And so I actually didn't mind it. I don't necessarily love how the lizard looked. Uh, you know, I, th- I didn't I think he was like visually <laughs> great in terms of what like a reptile like, functioning human. But the fact is that like, he was whooping Spider-Man's ass up and down the damn city. And he was a really tough yeah. opponent for him. And it, it got to show you the difference between like a, you know, lizards are a little bit, you know, they eat spiders, you know, they really do. And it, it was a kind of like a, yeah, a little metaphor, like a metaphor for it as well. Like a spider fusing with a human and a lizard fusing with a human, that lizard's going to be stronger. And I thought that was great. We got the kind of got the dad turned around. He remember he hated Spider-Man in the very beginning because he yep. thought he stood for a whole bunch of shit. But then when they like kind of uh, locked him down and he had his hands on, like they had the guns pointed at him, you know, he's like, they took his his mask off, found out it was Peter. He's like, listen, right. like they've got your daughter, you have to let me go. And that's like the, the turning point. And then he ends up going after Lizard on his own. And like I had this whole thing where it was like a contact. It's a very similar and kind of cool too. You think about it disease wise and, and you know, the, the whole pandemic sort of deal with like airborne diseases. They, he was gonna go ahead and, and inject that that dusty powder and make everybody turn into like these lizard people, and so it was just kind of cool that they were able to, to stop that and that put that cure in there and and uh, to finish it up that way. Then you had like the dad end up dying and making that promise, which would have been fine, and they didn't get weird with it the next movie, you know. And that kind of and that is the kind of Peter Parker thing that would have happened. That's the kind of Spider-Man thing that happened. He would have put his thoughts and feelings aside to not uh, you know to do the right thing and keep the city safe not want to be with the person he wants to be with and then like he kind of like threw that all away when he's like when at the very end she's like oh late again peter talking about like the class you know going into class and he's like oh, sorry it won't happen again i promise she's like don't make promises you can't keep and he's like those are the best kind of promises and that's when like they kind of realize yeah. they kind of re- oh, rekindled that with gwen stacy so kind of went weird there for a minute but then obviously you had the the scene where Uncle Ben died and he went on that vendetta chasing down everyone that resembled a certain bad guy. Uh, he almost had like an MO for it. And I thought that was really funny. Like you said, like he has really interesting, funny quips. And when the guy pulled his knife on, he was like, oh my gosh, a tiny knife, my weakness. How did you know? Like, it was just really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed great. that. He he did a really great job. So I really thought Amazing Spider-Man 1 was a really good film, a lot better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then you know we got to see what happens when you just take things a little bit too far when you're not ready to do it and yeah i i I put that there at my number five the amazing spider-man one yeah man no it was good i did like the part two in amazing spider-man one remember the cop where he webbed that guy up and then the cop was shooting at him he was like that's how you repay me i just did 80 percent of your job (laughs) (laughs) like i thought it was great that was awesome um Number four, I put Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, And the reason why is I said this even back in season one, our first episode we ever did in the pilot. It's the first time you ever actually really got to see the Spidey sense for real, like for the first time. And uh, I love the whole idea with Mysterio and the drones. Like I thought that was so creative 
uh, with the way they did that. They could have gone a number of different routes with that. I love how, you know, Tom picked up like whatever that projector was, almost like it was like a mace and then the shield. And then you saw him use his spidey sense to trust his Peter Tingle with the drones because he couldn't see what was there to actually kick their ass and destroy the drones and then go after Quentin Beck, uh, which was phenomenal. And it was even getting to the point it was really intense with, you know, MJ and Ned and all of them when they were about to be killed with Happy with the drones. And I just thought it was really creative. I thought it was uh, fantastic. Uh, I mean, even to the point of Tom got hit by a damn train. <laughs> so it shows like, you know, perseverance like you really see his perseverance in that film um and so i had to rank it at number four i really didn't see i ranked it at number four uh i guess from a con perspective uh it just i mean the action was great just honestly the ones i ranked above it were just better like there's nothing wrong with this film uh just i think some of the plots were a little bit more uh, straightforward in some of the other films and some of the action was a little bit better uh, I mean it was really tough to choose but so I put Spider-Man Far From Home at number four what about you I, I disagree heavy there I'll tell you that right now but I won't get into it just quite yet because I'll give my number four uh, my number four I put the very first Spider-Man movie the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man oh my movie. gosh out of your fucking mind <laughs> excuse my <laughs> language but sure I'll let you have look, it look yeah, I'll tell you like the, the first Spider-Man it was a good movie I thought for the times it was in it's hard to judge it now based on all the technology and advancements that we've had in film over the years so I try to really kind of turn my mind off to that but like, it, it, I like something that was the, in the inception of everything. This was the very beginning. This was the start. And I always have a soft spot for those things. You guys remember when we did the Game of Thrones ranking, I believe I ranked, like, season one, number two on my list. Just because I like the beginnings of things. And, you know, like, like, it's not so much that I hated this movie. It's just I liked other movies better. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, the great things about Spider-Man 1, like, he, he did a great job of being that kid that you could I could definitely see no one in high school liking Tobey Maguire that was a great he was great Peter Parker in that sense you know (laughs) the thing is is I don't know if Kirsten Dunst was the greatest casting choice for Mary Jane Um, I'm not sure that that was the the greatest one that they could have done but whatever I mean it is what it is I can't really knock a film based on the casting I mean the acting was fine in it Um, I, I did enjoy the whole inception of the Green Goblin, very similar. He had, he was trying to build like military weapons, or like like have like advancements in military technology. He did was kind of under the gun before they gave funding to his competition, and with that kind of came again. You start making mistakes when you start rushing things, and that's where we really got the inception of the Green Goblin. And he's like the first big bad, and it's awesome. He was fantastic at what he did. A phenomenal actor. Loved him in it all the way through. I thought he did a phenomenal, probably the best villain of all the Spider-Mans like, as a whole, to be honest. Um, so, like I said, it's not so much that I dislike this film. It's more that I liked other ones better, and I have better reasons for putting them in 
and those things because like, at the end of the day you did have to, he had to build the storyline off it. it almost had like the homecoming type of deal where the action was good towards the end but uh you have this weird i don't know what to call it love triangle between mary jane and yeah, toby and harry and flash was dating her at some point too i guess it was just i don't really know where, where they were going with that um the whole uncle ben thing uh, his crying was very not i didn't think that was the greatest moment of toby mcguire's acting career was a crying over uncle ben's dead body and didn't really think that was great um i did think it was cool that they decided to have um that that re- arena and him wrestle bone saw to earn some money and then that's kind of where that ran out that guy ran out and he said oh that's not my problem but then that person was the one that ended up killing uncle ben well what we thought until fucking spider-man 3 decided to be ridiculous yeah. um yeah so yeah. <laughs> spider-man 1 it was it was good overall you know i i didn't have much of a problem with it but uh I do think th- that I would have liked a little bit more excitement. I would have liked maybe a better soundtrack. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just nitpicking at stuff. Like I said, I don't necessarily hate this movie. I just liked other ones better. So for me, that's where Spider-Man number one comes in. Is that number four for me? Go ahead and take your number three. Number three... I have, uh, so actually, yeah, I thought I ranked it at number three, the one you're thinking of, but actually I have it ranked somewhere else. Number three, I put Spider-Man 2 as number three, so with Tobey Maguire. So the reason I put this as number three, and I, I think it's a phenomenal film, the train scene was absolutely fantastic. The you know where he was standing on the train and he's like you know his mask fell off and everyone's finding out who he is but he doesn't realize it so everyone's uh the you know you had the guy up front that's like you have any ideas he's like i got a few and he's just like holding everything together with his little hands he's like ah and then stops the train thought it was fantastic this is the first movie we got to see dr otto octavius in with the power of the sun listen to me now <laughs> yeah it was great and even to the point of he was like i will peel the flesh off her bones and you know the fights on the sides of the walls were absolutely fantastic uh i, I mean i i loved it you were really getting to see uh toby's uh you know peter's strength put to the test um and and the whole idea even behind of you know, he was working out a deal with Oscorp, so that's really how he, you know, Peter met Dr. Octavius and did the interview with him for his class. I just thought it was great. It was fantastic. The problem I have with it, never in any Spider-Man comic have I seen Spider-Man lose his powers. Ever. Never have I ever seen any comic where Spider-Man, like, can generate his webs from his hands but never have i seen him like lose his powers just being nitpicky but that's why i ranked it at number three what about you i have the same exact ranking for number three i put spider-man two above the first spider-man and it was darn close to getting even higher on my list but i I just couldn't 
couldn't do it. So my number three goes to Spider-Man 2. I actually love the fact that that was like an additive. That was one of the things they took a little liberty with is the fact that he lost his powers there and had to kind of figure it out and overcome it. And that's kind of a theme that Marvel does. I, I know back then it was just Sony, but, you know, think about the, the Infinity War with Hulk and how he lost his power and like all that. And I don't know, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, re a lot of big reasons why I like Spider-Man 2 a lot is this is the one where Mary Jane finds out Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And it was like the big yeah. reveal there. They really kind of get in a little bit more involved with each other. Like Peter has a little bit more self-doubt and it kind of casts the, the whole like, aspersion of, um, you know, what, what path is he going to choose? You know, he like, like not so much that uh, he wanted like a, a better life, but it's like, he almost had doubts of like what he was doing was right. I think that was the biggest thing because Jonah Jameson, and that's one of the biggest things that I think lacked with the Amazing Spider-Man. There was like really no big input from Jonah Jameson, and and he was like, in Peter Parker's face about everything, about talking not only yeah. like him getting like the the film and taking pictures of him and getting money to paid for that, but constantly like ragging on Spider-Man, telling him he's not like worth anything. And remember that he even like threw the 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 suit away and they find he even says and admits his mistake like oh no spider-man was a good guy you know not a he, like not a bad guy after all and then right after he says that he steals his uh suit back from the wall and then he's like ah oh, spider-man's a, a crook he's a thief like right back to his old ways but you know i thought that was really cool and then on top of it i thought the the fact that harry learned the truth about his father harry, harry osborne learned the truth about norman osborne in this one it was really really cool um, then we kind of have like the money problems for grandma pay playing another part in the plot line, how she can't afford to stay where she was. And, you know, Toby not really making a ton of money, trying to make it on his own, trying to, you know, do the best he can to just, he's spreading himself so thin between, uh, you know, his responsibilities as Spider-Man to being a, someone who works at places like employment and needs to make money to, you know, a potential love interest. You could see, but like the the human aspect of Spider-Man more in this in this film than maybe other ones, and when Spider-Man wasn't around, like crime went up seventy-five percent. So you knew like you got to see the direct correlation of when you know Spider-Man was in action, how much safer the city was, and really kind of showed you the like I said, even with Jonah Jameson talking about, oh man, maybe he was like a good guy after all, and having him question it too. It just yeah, I thought it I thought it was the best one and. You really start to see the 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 tide turn in Harry, where he wants he he tells Doctor Octavius to bring Spider-Man to him so he can kill Spider-Man because he thinks Spider-Man is responsible for his um, his father's death. It, I just think it had a lot of great pieces into it. They all played well in together, and so of of all the original movies, like uh, the the original three, like this one was my favorite. Spider-Man two. Um, was my favorite of all of them. So that came in at my number three spot, uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 film. What do you have for number two? Number two, and a lot of people thought I should have put this at number one, but Spider-Man No Way Home as number two on my list. And uh, it was great, excellent film. Um, I mean, like I said, I as you've probably heard remember if you listened last week i thought there were some things they could have done better as far as like toby's reveal and 
you know, catching Mary Jane and, and that sort of thing. But it was a phenomenal film. One thing I really loved about it is you finally do get to see, which we haven't seen in any other film, truly what it's like uh, for Peter Parker to be really in a dark place, like really hit rock bottom. Dancing through the street is not hitting rock bottom. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not hitting rock bottom at all. And even when Andrew hit rock bottom with Gwen, you know, that was kind of it. Because that was like really at the end of Spider-Man 2. Like we didn't really see anything after that. Now we've seen a solution where not even that. You've seen the two previous legends, Spider-Man legends, coming in to help him solve this problem and they're taking on one of the most heinous villains in the entire spider-man universe along with all the other ones and it was just great with full circle moments they weren't afraid to let the fans uh you know feel that nostalgia with the quips uh and weren't afraid to be themselves they didn't let us down um but I had to rank it at number two because that's just where the cookie falls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So number two for me, Spider-Man No Way Home. What about you, Jay Nelly? <clears throat> number two for me is Spider-Man Far From Home. I thought Far From Home was like the best Spider-Man movie until I saw the other one. I'm not going to give anything away. Obviously, I think it might, kind of did a little bit. But Far From Home was so unique in a lot of different ways. It was the beginning of the like of Peter Parker trying to figure out a plan to tell a girl that he liked her for the first time and that you know that he had a crush on her. And then what I also really appreciated about it too is every single Spider-Man film that we've seen so far has always been New York. They went somewhere completely yeah. different with this, and they went over to like London, and that was amazing. We got to see something yeah. brand new that we didn't get to see before. Then we got to see Spider-Man not be Spider-Man over there. They call him Night Monkey. Is that what they called him? That was so cool. Like that yeah, that was super monkey. cool. You know, they're adding new things to it. Then we have, like, this is the first time where a character in Spider-Man pretends to be a good guy and then ends up being the bad guy. You know, it's, it's like, not that it was a, such a surprising, uh, you know, thing that takes people by shock, but it was something brand new to the Spider-Man franchise. No one started out the good guy and then flipped and actually was the main villain of the film. And the way they did it with all the new age technology with the drones making it look super real. Like there were these elementals that they had to destroy and, and he was fighting the, like the, what is it, the earth, the fire, the, the wind and the, and the water. And you really got an idea that maybe Mysterio could be one of these new Avengers that may have a high level power that Peter Parker gave up what Tony Stark gave him to, to this guy because he was so convincing in his role as you know someone playing uh, a good guy and then he ended up you know being who he was and we never really got to see anything like that before and it was very interesting too to see the fight between Mysterio and Spider-Man especially the first time because he was just so out of his league, out of his depth. He didn't know what to do. Like All the illusions were messing with him. Like He thought Nick Fury shot him and saved him, but then that ended up having him tell uh, Mysterio who actually else knew about it and tricked him, and now his friends are in danger. And like, he's being, he's out, being outsmarted every step of the way in this, in this first fight, and 
and that's when he gets hit by that train and almost doesn't like make it through it was really cool uh, it was a really unique type of film and then like you said this is where the spidey sense really took over and this is supposed to be a big part of spider-man is like that spidey sense and we've seen spidey sense like make his appearance in other ones but this was like where it was the most important because he needed that to overcome the illusions that basically kicked his ass for the first you know battle that they had between yeah. each other and you really had to trust his instincts on on this part of it now and then on top of it too it brings in this whole thing like was that really nick fury because there's like some things going out there that right that 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 wasn't really nick fury in that movie at all it was a, an alien that uh it was taken like the carbon copy of him which is why you know in the other the newer movie we we're talking about they said he's been off planet for a year so like that like who's that guy you know where did that come from and there's just a lot of cool things and the fact that mj michelle like what she called michelle jones in this one not not mary jane she's like michelle jones she is the one that she knew who started she found out like she did it like the deducted it herself she didn't need to be told she didn't have to kiss spider-man upside down in the rain like you know what i mean <laughs> like she like uh, yeah. she was smart she showed like real intellect <laughs> and i thought that was super important and on on top of that too we got to see our boy ned have a little bit of a love interest as well while he was out there and you know it just i thought it was really interesting it was really the, the teachers they have their own little comedy thing going I thought overall it was my favorite Spider-Man film uh, for a while, and obviously it's at number two now. Uh, but yeah, that's why I ranked Far From Home number two. I guess I uh, go ahead and give your number one spot, man. Oh yes, we are kissing in the rain. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Number one is the real OG. If you ever come to my place down here in Orlando. You'll see I didn't put it on the visuals today, but there's a big ass on my wall, matted original Spider-Man, OG Tobey Maguire poster. You can see it on our TikTok page where I put it there this summer. He is the man. We were kissing upside down in the rain, doing all classic things. You had one of the greatest actors that's ever played villains in this film William Defoe that says one of my favorite lines the one thing people love most besides a hero is to see a hero fall fail die trying <laughs> and I love that and he said no matter what you do for them they will eventually learn to hate you and oh it's so great and that was when he made him pass out took him on the roof you have that badass scene even with the old school special effects where he pulled the webs down on that like brick wall and William Defoe is like falling on the ground with some bricks. And then you had the whole glider scene where he like jumps backwards and he kills William Defoe and then he like puts him there in front of Harry. So you have that whole love triangle and the teenage love puppy circle going on while they were living together. And he was over there with uh, Jonas Jameson uh, over there applying to be a photographer after he got fired from his job. So, you know, it was just overall fantastic. There's no better Spider-Man in the world. He can shoot webs out of his hands. You had Bonesaw that was in it with the original 
OG, like how Tom Holland had his original like kind of suit made out of from hand. And he was originally called the Human Spider in this one. Had that weird little face mask thing like he was going to play paintball or something that he spray painted. And then you fought Bonesaw with the saw that said, Bonesaw has you. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. <laughs> it was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Hands down. Number one Spider-Man film of all time. Spider-Man 1 doesn't get any better than that. What about you, sir? Spider-Man 1 didn't even hit the top half. This is absurd. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I will I will say this. I, I guess I can't say it didn't hit the top. Like It literally hit in the middle for me. But anyways, uh, my number one film, and this probably isn't going to come as a big surprise, but uh, Spider-Man No Way Home took my number one spot and th- because it did everything we got William Defoe in this as like the main bad guy again he killed Aunt May made it super emotional for all of us like this is the first time we've seen Tom Holland feel super defeated and you know we got Ned doing wizard tricks now like he's part of the guild over there we got you know Toby and Andrew Garfield making their appearance doing their best to console him and, and work together as a team to overcome all of the villains at the same time outside of Venom. Like they, they, that we get to see. Uh, <clears throat> we got we got Doctor Curtis Connors as the Lizard guy. We got we got the Sandman. We've got Electro. We've got Doc Ock. We've got Green Goblin, and they've got to figure out how to take them all down together. Obviously, Doc Ock. They Peter Parker did that earlier with making the chip not malfunction or burn out, and so he was overall a good person. Oh, and, you know, and, and originally, anyways, but then he helped out a little bit. We got to see Andrew Garfield make his uh, redemption tour when he dove down and saved MJ from the big fall, where he wasn't able to save his own girl Gwen Stacy in his films. So he got his moment in the sun, which was beautiful. We got uh, Toby getting stabbed in the back; could have died there. Uh, we got we had. Peter Parker almost lose it and try to kill someone like, like with like ruthless revenge and really lose himself in that. And who stopped him? The OG Toby himself made he grabbed that little glider from his hand and gave him the not today, my man. He ain't gonna do that. Uh, yeah, it just overall everything kind of went on in that movie that you would expect. Doctor Strange had a big role. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange got a little tussle and they had to like outsmart each other. We got to see someone get knocked out of their body through the spirit realm and that was pretty cool. That was cool. Like there's yeah. just so many things that worked out really well. You got like the 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 dungeon chamber where you can't use magic if you're inside the cells. Uh, I mean, I did think the one thing that was really silly was the apparently we can cure these people in ten seconds. We just whip up some cures like, <laughs> like we're in the kitchen cooking stir fry or something. I don't know, man. But like overall, I thought the movie was great. It had a little bit of everything you wanted. Stuff for the new age fans, nostalgia for the old age fans. Uh, yeah, there was some things I wish they would have done differently. But not enough to where like I hated what they did do with it outside of Toby's appearance, which we talked about a lot last week. Um, but for all those reasons and more, I'm sure that I could think of later on. No Way Home took the number one spot, and we were all clapping in theaters for a reason. We weren't clapping in theaters for Spider-Man One, I'll tell you that. 
But well, I was. I was in the fifth grade. I was clapping by myself. <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> but so that, that that hits my number one spot, the Spider-Man No Way Home. So now what we'll do, we'll just go up through the list. I'll go ahead and start. My number eight film was Spider-Man 3. Number seven, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number six, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number five, The Amazing Spider-Man 1. Number four, Spider-Man 1. Number three, Spider-Man 2. Number two, Far From Home. Number one, No Way Home. What about you, brother? What do you got? Number eight, that's a hard eight, (laughs) Spider-Man 3 with the hot legs or whatever they called that. Uh, Number seven, I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Number six, The Amazing Spider-Man. Number five, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because it was cinematically beautiful. Absolutely phenomenal. One of the best ever made. (laughs) Number four, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Number three, Spider-Man 2. Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. And number one, the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made in this entire world, Spider-Man number one. Right where it belongs. That, that's absurd. But you know what? <laughs> there are rankings for a reason. We put our, our gauntlets down, gave our, our evidence on why we chose what we chose. And so we're, we're interested to hear the, the, the fans debate too. Like the audience who's listening today, we're excited to kind of see what your rankings are so don't be don't feel afraid to uh either leave a comment on any of our social sites or leave a review leaving your rankings or you know just send us a, an email or a dm and you know we'll see it and we'll be we'll be excited to to debate back and forth a little bit with this one because that's what the rankings are for man they're built to build a little bit of contra- controversy here have a little bit of fun with it uh show how we think differently as individuals and what we value most out of films and so that's why we do these. They're a little bit of fun, less stress, you know, not a ton of like research goes into where we're like on it, like writing down a whole summary that we do for the majority of our stuff here. It's just a fun way to kick off the new year in 2022. So we hope you guys enjoyed it. Chase, did you have anything you wanted to add before I kind of go through our whole spiel? Uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, it, uh, hats off uh, to our YouTube that just hit 18K on one of our videos. That was pretty cool. Of course, the TikTok, y'all made that just skyrocket through the roof. So that really means a lot. And we keep getting reviews. We just got some recent reviews that came in on uh, Loki. So that was pretty awesome. Great stuff there. Uh, I was going to say, did you want to kind of give them a preview of what's to come in the next uh, couple weeks, what we're doing next? No, I will not. They can go ahead and pay attention to our social media sites, which is a great segue, guys. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Official Ridiculous Patronus. You can find us on that TikTok that Chase was talking about with the 140K plus views on one of them videos. Like, what is it, 87K on another one? 50k on another one chase has been blowing up some views out there on that tiktok so you can find that at ridiculous patronus uh we also have our facebook fan page chase and josh factor fantasy we have our own website uh ridiculous patronus.blogspot.com uh, we also have the backup instagram page at fact underscore or underscore fantasy 
backup TikTok page, same thing at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy. Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. We are out there on all the social sites. So if you haven't done so, give us a follow, click like, subscribe. Check out the YouTube that Chase is mentioning as well. Outside of where you can find us in terms of social media sites, we also are on all the platforms for the podcast sites as well. So please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Spotify now that they allow that. We're excited to get the new Spotify reviews in and see how that goes. I mean, we already have done uh, a lot of work on on the uh, Apple side of things. Now we're looking forward to kind of continuing that over to Spotify. Uh, So, you know, you have an iPhone. We're there on iTunes. They're on Apple Podcasts. You got an Android. We're there on Spotify. We're there on Google Play. We're there on iHeartRadio. We're there on Audible. We're there on Amazon Music. (laughs) We're there on Podbean. Wherever you (laughs) have or get your podcast, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. And so really excited to bring this to you, the first episode of 2022. We're out for the day because you know this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing signing off. off.